Hey folks, thanks for listening to the podcast. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Ashley. She's a marketing coach that helps companies and individuals reach and engage their target audience online through community engagement and storytelling. We had a great chat about a variety of business topics and life in general. I hope you enjoyed this episode. So Ashley, uh, welcome to the Taco Talk podcast. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, even just right before we started, I was mentioning the reason why you, um, why I reached out to you is because I saw a mutual contact or somebody must have liked your LinkedIn post and it popped up on my feed that was uh, in regards to processes and uh, tools and different things like that. And it was one of those things that uh, hit, hit my light bulb and was like, this is exactly what my podcast is about. And these are the things I want to talk to people about. So I decided to reach out to you and, uh, you know, see if you wanted to, you know, kind of talk about, you know, your business, your, uh, your process and anything else that you want to talk about on the podcast, because I feel like, um, you know, we all go through processes every single day. And I don't feel like, I feel like we kind of overlook that at, at points in our day-to-day life. So um, I'll go ahead and oh, yeah. let you kind of <laughs> introduce yourself, where you're from, what you're doing, what you're working on and uh, anything else interesting. And then we'll go from there. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ashley. I'm a, a freelance marketing strategist. Um, I also do some social media posting and that sort of thing and blogging and that sort of thing. But like mostly what I do is uh, strategy around um, helping people target who they want to target and figuring out why that's not happening and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm a freelancer. I've been freelancing my whole communications career. Uh, first kind of started off as an accident because I couldn't get work. And then I just kept not being able to get work. So I just kept freelancing just to get some more experience for my resume. And eventually it just made sense to do it full time. I'm not there full time yet, but that's the goal. (laughs) And uh, fun stuff about me, I'm kind of obsessed with dogs. Uh, I walk my dog every day and I have about 30 dogs. Look at this guy. (gasps) We have a guest. Yeah, we have a guest. Oh my gosh. What kind of dog is that? This is Buddy. He's a pointer. Uh, he's a pointer pit bull mix. So this is where he hangs out all day with me oh. when I'm uh, working in my office. He's so cute, and he just hangs out with you while you work. That's it. He just chills. We go on uh, on walks, and uh, that that's him right there. That's my best oh. friend right there. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah, Jealous. My dog awesome. won't sit with me while I work. <laughs> I feel I feel bad because I used to. Um, started posting a little on Instagram about my dog and like how it was one of the perks of freelancing is that you get to be with your dog. Yeah. And then I just felt like such a fraud because I was basically posing him and things that he would never do. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't sit on my lap while I'm working, Ashley. You're such a liar. (laughs) The things we do do for our marketing, my poor dogs. I'm lying to everyone. But yeah, dogs are amazing. Yeah. And it's such a nice way to break up the day too. Like, especially when you work for yourself and you have an annoying issue with a client or you're not getting enough work and you just walk your dog and it's. Absolutely. I would, I would absolutely agree with that. That's, that's literally like my piece throughout the day type of thing is, uh, is when he's just with me and we can go take a walk and, and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's you pretty don't amazing. You him in your marketing, so I'm sure he appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually uh, pops up in our Slack, in our company Slack channels quite a bit. So I'm always like 
posting pictures about him or being like, hey, look what Buddy's working on, nothing, like that type of thing. So <laughs> He's the director of Naps. <laughs> yeah, he's the director of Naps, exactly. We're all really big animal people here uh, at my company, so we're always posting stuff about cats, dogs, and all that good stuff. So I didn't mean to cut you off. I just needed oh, to point no. him out. Yeah, totally. Uh, anytime there's a dog, you can, you can cut me <laughs> So out. where are you located? You're in Ontario, I believe? I'm in St. Catharines, Ontario, which is in Niagara region. So oh, that's... I'm, I'm like a half an hour's drive from Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, do you make Ontario, it over there? Yeah. Do you make it there quite often? No. no. <laughs> well, I don't drive, so <laughs> it's oh, okay. kind of a pain to get there. Um, but yeah, no, it's been on my list, you know, just and it'd be good for networking too, because I'm sure there's more business in Niagara Falls than St. Catharines, but... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things that, like, if you live there, it's not as exciting as if, you know, you're a tourist coming to see the falls. Right. You go there I for that reason. I see them maybe reason. once a year. Yeah. I'm, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. I'm, from, I'm from Toronto. So the novelty was there for the first, like, month that I was here. Oh, I and love Toronto. I, like, I love yeah. Toronto. I, I went there two years ago for the Shopify Unite conference. <gasps> was that? Uh, amazing. It was probably one of the best conferences I've been to. I mean, they know how to put on a show. I was actually oh, yeah. looking forward to going uh, this year, but obviously the whole COVID thing kind of messed everything up for everybody. So um, yeah. the virtual one wasn't even as half as exciting as the real one. So I'm sure. Yeah, Toronto's, Toronto knows how to put on a conference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not a huge conference fan, but usually they're really well organized. And it's like the city was built for that. <laughs> it's yeah. weird. Yeah, we did it. They did it at a museum uh, for for the Shopify. You know, it was some sort of like museum or some sort of state of the art type of situation. I was like, this is really amazing, and they had oh. great food and everything like that. So no, that's that's really awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so just uh, so quickly, tell us about you know your business and what you do on a day to day. I know that um, you're obviously in the marketing, but what is your who do you work with and and all that good stuff. Well, you, uh, you reached out to me at a really interesting time. I'm actually at a crossroads in my business. I'm focusing oh, yeah? more on like sustainability rather than just like trying to get whatever projects I can. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Like I haven't had a retainer contract in a really long time, which is silly. Like you need those to kind of survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, just being in a place where I can get more referrals and things like that. Like, so I'm networking a lot more and I, I just really neglected that for a long time. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm focused more on stuff that I can do on a monthly basis and know that I have X amount of work for the next month, you know, right. so that way I'm not scrambling trying to find something and I can just focus on whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I am a consultant, but I don't really do enough of that coaching stuff. <laughs> Um, because I'm just focusing on research right now. Cause like, I, I don't want to be superfluous. You know, there's a bajillion coaches that are out there right now. Yeah. And so it's been interesting just doing the research, trying to find like what people actually want from someone like me, uh, what niche needs me. It's just, mm -hmm. yeah. Like I don't want to niche too much cause then you're too narrow, but it's really interesting to kind of figure out where exactly you fit, especially in the coaching world. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm shifting more from like just doing projects here and there to actually like doing sustainable coaching related things. So it's, yeah, you messaged me at a really interesting time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, I mean, that's, you know, I got to tell you on that, on that whole retainer front. Um, so uh, I, I run an agency, we do like a uh, website, um, and e-commerce development, mobile apps and all this. And for the longest time, since I can remember, it was like one of those obstacles that, you know, getting going from one off projects and somebody, you know, paying you a 50% deposit and then waiting for the other stuff to come in the back end and all this other stuff. It just, it's not sustainable. It's not a, it's not a way to scale your business. And in the past, uh, probably in the past like six months, maybe a little bit less, we sort of just started saying no to one-off projects, just simply saying, yeah. leaving, leaving money on the table um, and just saying no, because it's not a way for us to scale, uh, scale right. our business and grow. Yes. Like you just, you just can't, it's impossible. You gotta, I mean, I have 12 employees that I need to pay. Um, so, wow. if, you know, if, so if we're not making money, then it needs to come out of my pocket until that check comes in and then needs to pay like it's this yeah. like month to month it's like living paycheck to paycheck almost yeah you know yeah I mean? exactly and i don't think yeah. that's the point of business in my opinion like i think no. the point of business is to 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 scale to grow and hey if you're cool with making hundred thousand a year and that makes you happy then that's where you should be at if it makes you happy to make 10 times more then that's cool too like everyone has a mm -hmm. relative kind of thing but I would say the the one thing that um, that I was actually, it's funny that you do the coaching thing because I've actually kind of found this like, I don't want to call it a secret sauce, but it's almost like this whole thing that we do around our clients that come to us and we just basically lay it out. It's like retainer or nothing. And honestly, people are very, very receptive to it. Like people are just okay. like, okay, cool. Like, and especially, I have to tell you, I'm glad you said about referrals because uh, when people do come through that referral pipeline, meaning that it's like another client or, you know, another agency partner that we like do marketing with or something like that, um, those uh, immediately stick. Like they don't even ask too many questions. They're like, okay, that's fine. I completely understand that sort of thing. So right. The yeah. They're long-term thinkers. I bet. Yeah. 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 That yeah another exactly. thing that I, cause I, um, I'm focusing on, um, automating my workflows. We talked about that a, a bit offline. Um, right. But one of the reasons I wanted to do that was so I could scale because mm -hmm. I was at a place where I couldn't do that unless I was physically manually doing all the admin stuff on top of everything else that I have to do on top of all the learning and all the research and all the networking. And, you know, I have, a, I have pretty bad neck problems and I can't be at the computer a lot. Uh -huh. So I really have to ration how, what I use my time for. I need to make sure that I get a return on everything that I do. Right, and right. It just didn't make sense. Like that was partly why I put it off. I just, it didn't make sense to, to do all of that admin and manually. And um, yeah, so I'm at a point where I'm ready to scale. Like I figured it out. It's just, I'm more, um, it's more about figuring out like, who specifically I should serve and what needs I should serve and making sure that I'm prepared to do that before I offer. Right. Um, but yeah, there's something else that I wanted to say about uh, scaling. 
Anyway, it'll probably come to me like an hour after yeah. the podcast is over. <laughs> but yeah, no, scaling is scaling is really, really big for me. Um, even right. just having packages on my website, like I never did that before. Mm-hmm. And do you see that working for? Or do you see that working for your uh, for you? Like in terms of showing, like being very transparent with that pricing, because I came to find out from an agency perspective. Um, there's a couple case studies out there that say that that's kind of like the way to go, but I also find it, um, it I, I, I also look at it as like if Home Depot comes knocking on my door and they need a new website, I'm mm. going to charge them a lot differently and a lot more probably because of the value of their business and what they can, they can afford and how much that's going to impact their growth versus right. value-based pricing for sure. Exactly. Versus like if Joe from next door comes over and says, hey, I need a website for my, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, landscaping business or something like that. So, yeah. So I should clarify for the for the packages I'm referring to. That's a very, very, very specific scope. Um, And it's not really I'm not obligating myself to meet any kind of objectives. So it's the same for everyone. Um, so the reason why I know this works is because I've been on Fiverr for three years selling this and oh. I've made about 400 sales. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. That's yeah, really awesome. So, I mean, I've sold other things on Fiverr, but, um, yeah, that, that's partly what, what made me realize I could scale this. Cause that's basically what Fiverr is. Oh, right, right, right. It's, it, it, it does, you are in a marketplace, so it just depend on where they rank you and all that, and your competition and all that. But um, just like what you were saying, like being unsure if that's the, an attractive model to, you know, one client type of client versus another, one goal versus another. Um, and I think if you're really, really specific about the scope and you're not holding yourself to any objectives, then I think it works. Okay. Yeah, it's just I that that's one thing I'm working on in my contract is just trying to make it specific enough that that people know that they can't hold me in anything. Um, right. But at the same time, you know, I don't want them to think, well, this is going to be cheap. You know, this is just a way to get a cash grab, and it's probably going to be crap. <laughs> right, right, right. So, what services so, yeah. do you offer on on Fiverr at the moment? Uh, so right now I'm offering uh, social media post packages, and that's what I'm going to be uh, automating on my website eventually. Okay. Um, but it'll be different because I am I am I am selling that on Fiverr, so my packages will be a little different. Um, but yeah, so so things that that I can quantify. So right. you know because people want different things, you know. So there should be a small package and a medium package and a large package and. Um, and also because it's on my website, people have different expectations. I think if you're like, if they're, if, if, if they're buying it because they know you personally, I think they, they might want a different scope, but they also might have different expectations of like the process itself of working Mm -hmm. with you. Um, so yeah, that's been challenging because it is our uncharted territory. I'm not sure what exactly, you know, what, what how many items should be in each package and, and, and who would that each package be best suited to? Like that's mm. been really, really interesting. And I, I'm going to be having other packages on my website. And by the time this is live, they're probably actually going to be already up. But um, 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned scaling because that's basically what I'm doing. You know, there are things that you could do with coaching and um, content creation, where as long as it's a very, very, very specific scope, you can package it. You know, as long as everyone knows what everyone's on the same page about expectations. Right. um, And you're, you're targeting it all to a specific audience. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't target this to like really small businesses and also like corporations or agencies. Like, (laughs) I think if I tried to be everything to everyone um, and tried to serve different expectations, I think that's when it would get sticky, but I'm going to be pretty clear about it's more going to be a B2B thing. I haven't figured out if it's going to have a narrower niche or right, right, right. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exciting part about it. Right. Is like when you step into that is just to like figure out like, okay, what am I doing here? Like I am one of those people that I, I'm a planner to a certain extent, but I'm also one of those people that likes to jump into things and then kind of figure it out from there. Even if it's a sense of like, you know, figuring out while I'm running, like oh okay i can sprint faster i can i need to slow down a little bit or i need to do this so for me it's always like think because i i mean i started my business pretty much through upwork i build everything so upwork was like my gateway from i'm project manager at heart so this is hence the topic of what we're talking about processes and and workflows and automations and all this this is what I live and breathe every single day you know, on my yeah. end. And um, through Upwork, I was able to, you know, get a few initial clients. And then those people wanted to say, hey, you know, I want to jump off of it or I want to pay you directly and bring you in house or something like that. So it was a project management thing. And then I came to find out just having a background in, you know, web development and all this is that a lot of people need additional services. They would hire a project manager, but then they would need a designer and a developer and all these different things. And then I would come in and just say, hey, I have a, a network of people that can help with this. And then they would basically you know, be pay, get paid through me. So I would take a little bit off the top and then I would pay them their you know, relative hourly fee and all this other stuff. So that's how I built my business. And I, I'm always a fan of seeing people kind of expand, whether it's Fiverr or freelancer.com or Upwork or any of these like marketplaces, because I th- definitely think there's a, it's a long-term game. It's like, you're not mm. going to jump on there tomorrow and make $10,000. You might, but it's going to require you to have some sort of either some good reviews or, you know, multiple jobs that you've already done and different things. So I definitely yeah. get where you're coming from. Cause I had to kind of shift on like my offerings on Upwork versus what we do on our website or what I had on my personal website and different things. Like right. That. Yeah. I think um, the cool thing about those things is, so if I was doing what I do on Fiverr, if I'd started doing that on my website, I would have to rely on people knowing I exist, people mm-hmm. who were looking for that specific thing, knowing I exist, visiting my website with the, not only visiting my website, but, but with the intention of buying right. that particular service, I would have to have all of that in place already before I would have to be able to know who wanted this. Right, right, right. So the interesting thing about Fiverr is because everyone goes there to buy those specific things. So it's like whenever even just getting an inquiry is like getting market research like in my in my phone 
Right, right, right. Exactly. Because people tell you what their problem is, and that's where everything should come from. Of course, you're an agency, you know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's where it all should come from. It's like what what problems are people having? What gaps could you fill that that other people aren't filling? And especially in some place like Fiverr, where there are probably I can't remember. I of course always looked at my competition before I would design a gig. But um, I think it was like at least 30,000 gigs selling pretty much what I was selling. Oh, wow. I was getting inquiries. And so that itself is, is interesting. Like I was never very seldom on the first page. So how are people finding me? Is it because they're not finding what they look for and they keep digging? Or are they using a keyword to find me instead of relying on like the campaign page or the um, category page? Um, yeah, it's just really fascinating to me to figure out like how people look for what they want. Yeah. And how long have you been on there? Three years, I think. Yeah. 27. Oh. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. And how long did it take for you to get your first like inquiry that was a serious job? Did it take a little while or? Um, well, the first job I got, I think it was responding to a buyer request. So I don't know if you're familiar with Fiverr, but basically yep. if you're a buyer, you can make a request. Mm -hmm. And so I did that and um, I got the job and I asked the person why you chose me. And I remember he specifically said that I was the only person who actually spoke English properly. And that there was, uh, another, there was another thing that I replied to um, my the reason I stood out was because I was like, I actually responded to what he was asking for. And I made a, I made a strong case for it instead of just saying, Hey, I'm great. You should hire me. So I made it about them instead of about me. And that was partly why they chose me, I think. Uh, and then I got a couple of other sales. Um, I can't even remember, but it was right. just, it, it was partly, I think just how I differentiated myself. It was more about um, my whole gig is more about like how to actually solve problems because anyone can post to social media, yeah. but like what what exactly does that do for a client or for a project or so right? I just appreciated my approach that you know it's about like networking and building insights and all that kind of thing. Yeah, and um, a little bit more personal, I'm sure as well. Yeah, and like my other gig was a personal branding gig. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like a strategy coaching gig. And I think that was one of my first, no, that was probably my first couple of sales were for that gig. And um, when I did the research, I found that all the other like branding gigs or personal branding gigs were by people who didn't actually understand what branding means. You know, a lot right. of people think branding is just like cool colors and a nice font and they don't really understand that it's about your identity. Right. And about like, like engaging a specific person and making sure that like you're credible to that person and you um that they understand it's, you and all that it's yeah. like throughput throughput you got to have it all the way through from beginning to end like it's not a just a, oh hey i have a cool logo what can yeah. i help you with yeah 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 absolutely exactly. like a lot of those branding gigs just didn't um they just didn't, they clearly didn't understand it. They clearly just thought that it was just having a, you know, a consistent 
design across all platforms or whatever. And that's certainly part of it, but that that emerges from what the identity is. That's what informs what the design is. It's that not, that isn't the branding itself. Right, right, so right. That was partly my differentiator, just um, just being clear about like what branding is and mm. and actually solving a problem instead of yeah. just saying you want cool colors because like 40 other 40,000 people were doing that. So I'm right, assuming right. that's why I got orders, but <laughs> hey, so Fiverr has been really interesting just from a market research standpoint, just to see like what my differentiations are and who's, uh, who's looking for them. Right. Right. And then what did you come to find out? It was, does it, does it kind of all go back to, you know, you being personable and how quickly you answer that person? Because I came to find out that even on, Upwork when I didn't have any reviews or anything like that, I had to go out and, you know, Upwork is one of those things that, you know, people can find you, but when you're not, when you're nobody and you don't have those reviews or you don't have like a stamp of approval or you're maybe mm. top rated or something like that, you actually have to go out and get those jobs or apply for those jobs. And then you can also see on there, like 20 more people have applied to this and you're just like, oh man, right. too late into the game. Yeah. And you don't get paid for pitching. No, so, you actually like, you actually lose. So you have these things called connect uh, connect points, and what happens is that I think you start off each month with like twenty or forty. I think they recently upped it, and if you apply to too many jobs, you run out, and then you have to pay you know fifteen dollars to like re up on your connects. Yeah, so that way, <laughs> exactly. So if you don't if you don't get a job, then you know then you're out of those connect points, and then that way it it just doesn't do anything for you. You have to yeah. essentially pull money out of your pocket. Okay. Yeah. And the thing is also, even if you did get the job, you're not, I mean, I guess it depends on how you price it, but you're not recouping the cost of like writing that pitch, doing exactly. that research for all that. So, I mean, I, you know, maybe if you did the math and you, you figured out like, you know, I'm going to get one out of four sales, one out of four pitches I'm going to land. So, to, you know, for that one pitch I get, I'm going to make sure that I cover myself for the other three pitches I did. Then, then yeah. I guess then that could be a way of recouping it. But it's still like, I mean, that that's dependent on the, the marketplace. I mean, right. you can't necessarily project how many, <laughs> how many yeah. sales that you, you'll be eligible to get. Like, so yeah, it's pretty like, crazy for making it work despite all those uncertainties. Because that's especially these to. days because it's so competitive. Oh, my God. Well, I started, I started in 2014, I think it was. Um, mm. So I established myself pretty early on Upwork. I mean, it was already super saturated. I mean, it was beyond. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. It was just I had lost a job at the point the company uh, got sold. And I was just kind of in between like maybe. You were in limbo. <laughs> Yeah, I was just in between maybe applying for something or doing my own thing and always had this kind of organizational like project management mind frame, helping, you know, people do like web stuff and all this. And I said, you know what, I think I'm just going to need to kind of do this on my own and just jumped on, made a profile. Um, I actually, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I think I hired somebody on Fiverr to help me rewrite my like my mm -hmm. initial, uh, you know, here's what I do and how to lay it out type of thing. Um, and I, 
I might have just like tweaked it, you know, over a period of time. But on my initial one, I think it was Fiverr that I used to kind of have somebody, hey, here's, you know, 10, 15 bucks. Can you take what I wrote and just make it sound a lot better, basically? And that's that's what mm-hmm. they did. So, um, but yeah, I think it's crazy. So when you when you do like social media stuff for, you know, for people and through Fiverr or, or even directly through, you know, let's say your website or anything, is there a specific... Do you adapt them to your system? Meaning like, do you have a, a, a scheduling or automation type of thing for the social media aspect of things? Or do you use whatever they use at the time and just say, hey, give me access and I'll do it through your platform? Well, that's, that's another reason I'm glad you brought up scaling because um, I actually don't manage accounts. I don't sign into accounts. I don't do anything. Oh, okay. I put it like a creative document. Of all oh, okay. And I have instructions okay. for a proposed, and then oh. I can just send it. And so because I'm not, I don't have to worry about the security of an account. I don't have to worry about paying a scheduler to have a certain amount of accounts. I could scale this infinitely. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's it awesome. Takes, it takes time. But, um, you know, so you can't scale your labor, obviously. But... <laughs> But there's there's all these things I can do to scale my research to make it really efficient, um, to scale the uh, yeah the research I think is the biggest thing that I can scale. So if I yeah. have a, if I then that's what really excites me about doing that stuff on retainer because if I had a certain client I would see trends with them month after month. Yeah. So I could. I could automate a lot of that research. Like I know X, X keywords are going to have posts in the social media platform that I should be posting to this account or that I should tell this account to post to there. And so just automate that research to, to research those, you know, X, Y, and Z things. And that's hard to do if you're just doing one-off projects because you mm-hmm. don't have a history with them. You don't know what works and what isn't. You haven't had any opportunity to test so that's another reason why I'm kind of over the whole one-off thing. It's I'm more about like, okay, let's grow with the client. Let's figure out what those trends are and then build accordingly. Like, and it's also more fun. Yeah, exactly. You feel like you're part of the baby team. works. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And have you found any success with like uh, existing clients and pitching them that sort of thing where you're just like, Hey guys, like I'm not being able to use my full, kind of knowledge and extend myself to the point that I would like to, is there anything that we can do to make this a more long-term thing and let's say make it three or four months and, you know, from there, then we can revisit the, the, the terms and what we're doing and all that? Um, that's a great question. I've actually not really been doing that kind of work lately. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of the things that I've had in mind is like, how do I... Um, how do I kind of propose doing a longer term up, you know, paid upfront? So instead of having a, a like a contract where you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you pay monthly and I do the work like monthly because of the nature of the work that I'm doing, maybe I could do three months all at once in one package and then send right. it off to you. And that way you're not repeating it. And I, and I'll also have more money upfront. Mm-hmm. And so even if I didn't get sale and you know, that amount of sales the next month, I can still kind of project my revenue because I've ensured that I at least had X amount of clients in that right. month. 
Right, right, right. So yeah, it's fascinating. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I was, if I was doing everything through a schedule or. Yeah. 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 That, that'd be tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I could, but then I'm, that's really tough. Like committing to, to, to having that on your, like security wise, I wouldn't be comfortable with having that many clients like in my scheduler for that yeah. length of time, like, cause you're, you're responsible. Like, what if I got hacked? What if I, right. I mean, I'm very, I'm very careful. Like I'm big on security, but you know, I just don't want to deal with that junk and it's also not a scalable. And then you have to pay for more resources because you have to. Right. You know, enterprise accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Enterprise yeah, accounts. Exactly. Yeah, Those are like, really expensive. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's, I, honestly, that's one of the reasons why my agency, we were starting to get really fragmented with that. So we have like a task management tool, then we have a, you know, social media posting tool, then we have, you know, Google Drive, then we have all these things. And I mean, you're a juggler. Yeah, you're constantly like, okay, what's going on over here? And there's not one centralized place where you see all these metrics sort of like mesh together. So one thing that I did, I was just like, okay, I need to just bite the bullet. Not only is it going to save money, but it's going to make everything a lot easier. And then we just moved everything to HubSpot. Um, We use HubSpot for absolutely everything from, uh, you know, sales pipelines to social media posting to email marketing. I mean, anything and everything that we do is, is through HubSpot. I mean, we have a ticketing system that we use for our clients when we, when we're building websites and different things, but our, oh, like for our, support, support tickets. Yeah. Support tickets. Or like, you know, when we, when we write up a project, we kind of outline each, you know, let's say it's a five page website, each page is one ticket. So that way we can have a organized flow of work and our tech mm. lead and our marketing person, whoever else needs to chime in. It's all like one email rather than, you know, CC this person, or does this person need to be on here? This like, just this whole yeah. fucking mess that sometimes it just gives and me like back a and forth. Oh my God. I, I, I hate email. <laughs> I hate email for that reason is because it's constantly like, why am I CC'd on this? Why do yeah. I need to get blown up with this? It's, 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 it's really one of those things. So, uh, so for us, I think um, if you get to that point where you know you're 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 getting sales inquiries and you have you're building a pipeline of customers or clients or whatever, yeah, look into HubSpot. I mean, HubSpot has a free option as well um, mm. that you don't have to pay anything, but it's a really really good tool. I I, I swear by it because I. I ran across so many different tools that don't do half of the stuff that they do. And I'm always very big on UX and UI and how things work. I hate old yeah. legacy systems. And, and they you don't want to really- have to find out like what integrates with what and you get this thing that you love and then you find out it doesn't integrate with this other thing that you need. Yeah. This thing doesn't have it or. Yeah, it exactly. Oh exactly. my God, what a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Researching that stuff has been like a job in itself. Like that's probably yeah. why taken me so long because I'm you have to research vendors and you have to figure out like what's going to get you the best return and um you know I I recently uh started with Dubsado I don't know if you've heard of Dubsado no I haven't um so basically it does a bunch of things you can um like put a calendar on your website or email a calendar or whatever and then you can automate certain emails to go out based okay. on certain actions. So if someone signed a contract, you can say, okay, once this contract has been signed, because it has like a like an e-signature, 
You okay. can set it up so that it goes, once that contract has been signed, okay, automatically email this questionnaire. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, cool. Well, once, yeah. I, once, once, once I manually approve this, then you can send a questionnaire. And once that questionnaire has been signed, then you can send them this, you know, page showing them like what they need to do for you or what, like whatever it is. Requirements automate, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or you can, or you can uh, automate, you know, scheduling uh, an interview. So if you had like a questionnaire, for example, and you knew that you were going to have questions about it and because of just the nature of the work you needed to have yeah. talk about it. Uh, if you know that that's what you need to do, you can automate so that once that questionnaire is sent out, that person gets an email automatically of, of a schedule. They pick their date and then once they pick their date, it prompts another email or another action or a prompt, you know, the, it, it starts the, um, the payment the process. Works. The whole workflow, basically. Yeah, so you you can use it to automate your your workflow so that you don't have to manually like check your email and say, oh, this person's done this, so now I have to do this. Like it's all done right. for you based on the actions that you've automated, and of yeah. course you can personalize the email and all that jazz too. Of course, yeah, yeah. That's that's why we use HubSpot for for a few of those reasons you just mentioned. So yeah, yeah, they, yeah I'm just so done, especially especially with my neck. It's like why would I use my, the, right. the little time I can spend, why would I use it to do manual things that I can automate? Exactly. Exactly. So what, what do you, um, in terms of like tools and different things, like what do you use for, you know, task management or project management and different, is it like Asana or something like that? I actually don't use anything right now. I'm, oh, wow. I'm sort of, I don't really have a lot of clients at the moment. So, oh. um, yeah, I kind of just try to stick to a few things per month just for my neck. Um, mm -hmm. So because it's so few and there's they're not complicated jobs, they're, they're more just like one-off projects. Uh -huh. There's no back and forth involved. I, I mean, I probably should. Like I, you know, I I, I studied project management in my PR school, so I should I should know that there's. <laughs> There's value in that, but I just, you know, I'm sure I'm sure I'll need to eventually, but 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 yeah, yeah what what do you recommend? Which ones do you uh, I mean we I've been on on all of them, but the one I've been sustained on the longest has been Asana actually, just because they have yeah. a kind of a low barrier of entry. It's it there's a very good free version of it. I mean, if you want some extra bells and whistles, obviously they have like paid versions, but um, I use that for a lot of my personal stuff. We used to use it for project management for my agency, but uh, we switched to Jira a few months ago, um, which Jira. is like, an, yeah, it's a big like robust like development because we do a lot of developments of writing out different scopes of work and tickets and kind of like right. detailing things out if we needed to be a little bit more granular and a little bit more like tech oriented so um that's where we that's where we moved over to um again all those tools i mean it's like two three hundred dollars a month for these damn things it's like it's yeah. pretty crazy. it gets pretty expensive so um but yeah that's, have you ever that's heard been... of sales um what's it called sales right i think it's called let me just google it very quickly it's um just one second um Oh yeah, it's basically, so like you were saying, a lot of um, scopes, especially for enterprise stuff, mm -hmm. you, the scope obviously varies based on what the person wants. And so the, the cost would vary, you know, maybe 
for certain amount of products, they have like a different price point than this, or if it's so like just really, um, a lot of them have really, I'm sure really dynamic, complicated um, scopes. Uh, and yeah. so sales, right. I don't know if it would work from a service standpoint, um, but it basically, you can, you can set it up so that uh, people can basically choose the metrics they, they have, like X amount of people needs to cover X amount of people. It needs to do mm -hmm. X number of things or whatever. And then, so you set it all up and then it calculates for you, whatever you, that cost is. So you set it up, you know, what your price points are. And then the person, um, instead of just getting one price point and, or instead of you having to go back and forth to manually, um, like manually go over what that price point would be for whatever that, that, that amount of items they want or whatever it is, uh -huh. um, it just, it just scales that for you. Oh, nice. That's interesting. Yeah, so, so, so one, that's one thing. I don't know if it would or work for services, but it's, it's great for products, I think probably. Right, right. So that's one thing that we actually try to get away with, like our whole retainer model is having this whole like, you know, scope of a scope of work type thing in terms of like how we approach those projects. Um, so, for example, the, the beautiful thing about, you know, a retainer is that we could say, OK, you have this many hours with us. What do you need us to do versus, hey, uh -huh. you know, uh, it, this could be a ten thousand or it could be a fifteen thousand dollar project to me it's always like i'd rather i'd rather you have a, a bucket of bucket of hours that you can actually pick from and say hey guys things have changed because we try to try to be as agile as possible with a lot of our clients so sometimes you know somebody would come in and say we need 15 things done and then halfway through the project you know, they're just like, oh, oh, hold on, something just happened. We need to change things around. Now, in my case, I have to go in and change the scope of work and do all these different things and reprice it and all this other stuff. Where spreadsheets? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, thanks. So basically, for, for me, it was like one of those things where I kind of just was like, okay, here's a bucket of hours. You guys could choose what you want, what you need. Um, and just send us the list and we'll give you an estimate to say this is approximately how many hours it's going to be. Oh, that's good. So you're sort of yeah. going backwards based on like what their capacity is and then tailoring the work to that. Yeah, because I mean, we at any given month, we're at like, I think like two to 300 hours of work. So for our whole team. So it's like, we need to make sure that we're also able to take on some of this work and not putting in 40 hours a week on one project versus doing maybe 10 to 15 hours a week uh, on, on that project. Right. Yeah. It's, um, we should talk about that retainer thing off the air one time. I think I could definitely oh. help you kind of, uh, package that up a little bit differently. I think it's all about yeah. how you kind of approach that. So I have yeah, some good things that I, that I've learned myself that I think can, I'm also thinking about a lot of things about agency life and how people, I think a lot of agencies end up failing or not being able to grow. Um, I mean, we were at a point like that one at one time where it's like, what are we going to do? All these projects are being held up and the clients aren't getting back to us and, you know, all mm. these other things to where I'd rather, I'd rather be on the side where we have, we have hours in a bucket for you. So whenever you come back, we can take care of the work rather than, 
being in the position where the client is holding the keys, where they're just like, hey, well, we paid you $10,000 to start the project. And now we're at like that 95 percentile where we're almost done. But they're, they're holding on to, you know, another $5,000 of our project where it's like, well, now we're just waiting for you. You're, you're delaying us. Right. Like we need to move forward. We need other projects to come in. So you're just going to hold on to this for the next two months and not pay us because we're not technically done. It's like, I'd rather have yeah. an excess amount of hours in a bucket that they, that we can provide you at any time you come to us. Hey guys, I need this done. Boom. We'll get it done. And instead of like, yeah. cause we've already been paid. We, we don't need to worry about it. Right. Yeah. I, um, I take two things away from that. One is, um, like I always work by project. Uh, that's just the nature of what I do. But I think yeah. what you just described for the type of work that you're doing makes a lot more sense. Cause I, I just did like some work for someone and just unforeseen circumstances came up yeah. and it's just like, I, I did get paid in full, but you know, I am sort of still in limbo. Right. You know? right. And it, if that client hadn't been a nice person, like we didn't have it in our con in our contract that, that she owed me a certain percentage of the money by a certain parameter or a certain time. So she could technically have like just kept me hanging until, and I, I right. you know, so the, it's funny, the lessons you learn, things that you don't really think about <laughs> until something comes up and it's like, why didn't I have any contingency for this? Yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that's like, that's like the big thing that I learned with the retain. I'd rather be in a position where I potentially have to refund somebody a, a certain amount of hours and then then to be on the other end and not being paid for the work that we already delivered or we're done and you know like it's like that if you get hit by a bus then what happens to me type of thing it's like if, right you know what i mean it's like if you if we did work for you we got done with everything but tomorrow you turn around and you disappear Mm -hmm. then what i have to spend more money to get a lawyer involved and try to figure out what you're doing and it's just, it becomes a headache. So we're, yeah. we're, we're done with that kind of work. I, I just hate chasing oh, yeah. half my time is spent chasing people around to, to pay us. And it's yeah. like timing type of thing. So, yeah. And I, um, I just, you, you realize all, like how, how trust overly trusting you can be. Yeah. And I'm not at all saying that anyone's like tried to steal from me or anything like that, but I just, like I wouldn't, I, I'd, when I did retainers, I wouldn't even like set up automatic payments for that, for that. I would just, you know, oh, I remember I haven't tried to build them yet and then build them for whatever weeks that I hadn't built them. Like, no, this is a retainer. I should have been charging 100% upfront mm -hmm. before the month even starts or the week or whatever, whatever it was. But I just, it hadn't even occurred to me to, Build that way because I was just like, oh, they're legitimate people, whatever. And, yeah. And it's not yeah. just about it's not just about what if they screw you over. It's like, well, things can happen. And mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we bill so, at the top of the month every month, and uh, yeah. that's it's it's all automated and it's all nice. you know one of those things like, hey, this is the the setup. You sign the contract. This is the terms and conditions. We have a minimum of two to, uh, depending on the project, it's usually a minimum of three months retainer. Uh, mm. and, oh, you know, well, that's good. Have a minimum yeah. amount of, uh, okay. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's a good idea. So that way they can't 
you know, just say because we're giving well, a discount. <laughs> yeah, because well, we're also what we do is we give a little bit of a of a discount when somebody uh, does the retainer versus like our hourly rate. So that way, if they just say, "Oh, well, I just need a one month of work," it's like, no, you have to pay for two, and right. you're getting a discount because you're here long term rather than because we also don't want to yeah. work with people that we can't establish a relationship with. Like right. we spend one It'll week. Be a waste on, of your time. <laughs> exactly. It's like we're we spend one week onboarding you and getting everything dialed in on our end, setting up projects. Like there's a lot of admin work. So that gives yeah. us about three weeks of actual work, let's say, for example. It's not enough time for us to build a relationship oh. and have something ongoing and all this. Like we need And a it also doesn't time. justify sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, it's um, okay. It's okay. Um it also doesn't justify all that admin work. If they are, yeah. if they if they leave you in a month, it's like, well, why did I do all this? Because you're investing right. in that in that person when you do that. Exactly. And then you're giving them an incentive, like a, a slight discount for a long term thing. So they're actually getting a ton of value. You know, you're saving them a lot of time because they're not having to look for a new vendor and onboard and you know learn your process and everything. Yeah. Go through their lawyer if they do that kind of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's it's, a great idea doing like a few months at least. Commitment. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, I think what's worked out the best is to know, I mean, we're, we get to a point where we're booked out like three months ahead of time. And it's mm. nice because you're like, Hey, once this a contract is over, there's not only is there a good chance for them to come back and continue this retainer, even on a month to month basis, but there's also a chance that, you know, or not chance, but there's also additional stuff that's going to be starting off at a certain point and all this other stuff. So it, it works out really well, but we should definitely talk about that offline in detail, set up a separate yeah. you know, kind of chat about this. Cause I definitely can help you kind of um, from that perspective, help you just understand like what we do and if it applies to you, great. And if not, maybe you can just nitpick some of the things that we do. Cause thanks. Um, yeah. I'd love that. I'd love that insight. Cause I, I think, um, when I look at, when I think about the, the model that I'm creating, the business model, it is sort yeah. of like an agency model in a way. Yeah. It's just, I'm just a freelancer. <laughs> yeah. Do you plan on bringing additional people on board, like down the road if you need to? Um, no, just health wise. I wouldn't want to be beholden to other people. Uh, like I'm okay. totally fine, but I just, I wouldn't be, I think the stress alone would kind of make it not worth my while, but I have right, thought right. like, if I get to a certain point, like maybe just hire a VA, if I have certain things that need to get done that are just like, yeah, you know, not worth my time to do. But yeah, I think, I think if I, if I did anything, it would be like a VA or something, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way down the line. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what, what are your, uh, what are kind of the next, uh, ne next things you're going to, you're going to launch your website? Um, what, what are kind of the next things in, in, on your end? Well, um, going back to scaling, um, uh, yeah, sorry. I just, I just realized that, uh, I left something open. Sorry. That's, okay. that's, that's, that's Zoom life for you. <laughs> um, so I'm also looking at, and I'd be interested if, if your agency does this, um, like creating information products and that kind of thing. Um, I'm probably going to, I'm most likely going to be using Gumroad. Are you familiar with Gumroad? Yeah, Gumroad. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I was looking at like Podia and all those other ones, but 
the thing is like tax wise that gets really complicated because I would only really be able to work with the US and Canada unless I want to get like a VAT number and send all the taxes there and that sort of thing because I don't know it's it's really hard to explain but basically you in certain countries you basically have to as the seller you also have to pay a sales tax it's not just the person buying right. it so it just got really complicated, but then I found this thing called Gumroad where um, they resell the products on your behalf. So yeah. when you get paid, you're getting paid by Gumroad. Gumroad is your client. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that way- I didn't know that's I, how they had it set up. I wasn't- Yeah, I, wasn't. I didn't either. And I was like, what? That's amazing. Because uh, that way I don't have to deal with anyone's contact information. None of that goes through me. I don't have to deal with the security issues with that. I don't have to deal with the accounting with that, the taxes and all that. It just, they do all the taxes, they automate all that, and they just send me whatever, I think it's like 98% of the funds or whatever, and I could just bump up the price to compensate for that. Right. Uh, like their transaction fees, I mean. Um, but yeah, so just, just selling things through there and having that embedded on my website so that you know, yeah. but that, that's another thing that I was thinking of, of doing as like an incentive for a bigger retainer is like, if you get a bigger, you know, if you sign up for six months, you get a slight discount on the retainer. And also you can get like 90% off this information product. Right. Because right. It, right. I've, because I will have already have created it. It's not like a loss of my time. The only, and the only administration involved would be making a coupon code for that person for whatever the deal is. Yeah. In that contract. And I'm sure there's a way to automate that as well. I probably, I should look yeah. into that. Um, but yeah, and also another cool thing about Gumroad is that um, if you sell things for free, you don't have to pay any fees because the fees are only on the transaction. Oh, okay, cool. That's perfect. So, yeah, I mean, they have other fees if like you want other features and that sort of thing, but on the actual transaction itself, you only pay based on what the payment is. So I could scale this right now if I wanted to, because it's not like I need to reach a certain threshold before I would start making a profit. Right, you know? right, right, so, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably not the best idea to juggle like those two different business models. Like I'm trying to build retainers, I'm trying to you know, get referral contracts and I'm trying to build information product kind of things at the same time. But because I'm, because I'm a coach and because I'm building all this stuff based on like what people are asking me for and what they need. It, it's just, everything is just, people all need this stuff all at once. So I just want to be able to package it. Yeah, exactly. Make it as easy yeah. as possible for yourself and for them. And in, yeah. in terms of the, in terms of the coaching, like what is the, what, what is the biggest sort of niche where people need your coaching and different things like that? Um, I'm still, I'm still working on honing that. Usually when I get queries, um, because, you know, you, I'll, I'll go on like a, like an online seminar or something and they'll have like a breakout meeting and you just talk to people on Zoom or whatever, they're, whatever they're using for chatting. And usually if someone says to me like, oh, I, we could use our, your help with that or we should talk or, or it turns into something else. I find that's always B2B. Mm -hmm. uh, it's usually, um, it's usually like, 
kind, kind of a startup, but it's, they're a little more than a startup. They're usually on the cusp of some other kind of transition. You know, they might need to reach a certain audience that they weren't reaching mm-hmm. before. They might just need like a certain amount of loyalty that they didn't really have before. And so I, I usually find when someone says that they're interested in my like coaching, they don't use that word, but right. um, it's usually when they're just on the, they're just on the crest of some sort of pivotal change in their business. So I'm thinking that's going to be my angle. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so not just startups. Cause I mean, a million different companies serve startups. I don't think I could really stand out if that's how I position right. myself, but um, yeah. That's awesome. That's like awesome. And did you, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And did you, when, before you kind of went off onto your own, were you, uh, were you working for a company that was sort of providing similar services and you just kind of found like, Hey, this is what I can do myself. Or was it just a simple, Hey, I had a eye opening moment and this is what I want to do. Um, well, I've actually only ever freelanced in marketing and communications. Um, oh, cool. and that's probably why I'm proud of myself because I've basically, I'm basically self-taught. I did go to PR school and I went to university before that, but, um, like the, the whole business side of things, I'm totally self-taught. And it's just, I just figured that out basically by researching, you know, what the different models are, um, listening. I did a lot of reading. I, I love to read like Quora, Quora, is it Quora or Quora? Quora. Quora, okay. Yeah. I always want to say the Q-U always throws me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird. It's <laughs> um, weird. Yeah. So I love like reading those and reading Reddit threads and reading other forums and looking through like, even if you, even if you see like a Facebook ad and you, you read through the comments of that ad, it's gold for insights about like what people are trying to do and what they want and what, right. you know, what they're looking for that they just can't find a solution for. Yeah. You can start so a I've, whole nother business just by reading people's comments. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's basically where it's come from. Just, just observing what people are saying they need and then trying to figure out what business models are most appropriate for it. It's just Uh, a lot of reading basically. Right, right, right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, No, I think that, that there's always, especially nowadays with the whole COVID thing, there's so many little niche things that can be done and things that people need that they didn't know they needed before i think is really really exciting Ah. and it's opening up this whole nother like section of business it's like it might be like a little slim lane right now but it's like constantly like expanding which is really cool yeah even just seeing little small businesses do that like seeing how not only are they shifting to different demands but they're adapting to stay alive and to to stay stay sustainable sustainable that's hard mm-hmm. to say, sustainable, <laughs> during really turbulent times. Like my hairdresser, for example, while this was happening and they couldn't do people's hair, they realized that people's roots are coming in and they, you know, they want to not have roots. <laughs> right, right. So they started making um, packages, like root t- touch-up packages for like different hair colors and different hairstyles. And I think another hairdresser was doing uh, like... I can't remember if they were webinars or what, but just some, some sort of like teaching things so that people could do mm-hmm. it on their own. And it, 
these these small little companies are finding different ways to scale in like the most turbulent time ever and now they have like a whole new business model and i don't know yeah. how i don't know if it really tied them over that well but it's just so incredible like how scaling can help you adapt to really really hard times even when your market doesn't necessarily have a lot of money to spend <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean i had a i had another um guest on the podcast uh, that was talking about um, they're in Florida and they were talking about a steakhouse that, you know, it was a fine foods and they couldn't do any delivery or any of that, you know, pickup orders or anything like that. So what they did is they just created a bunch of videos where they can uh, they sell you a raw steak and then you just go home and they give you a, like basically did a whole YouTube channel on how to cook it properly, how to do different things and all this. And ah. I mean, they were able to keep basically keep their business open that way because people were going there, not only buying, I mean, they can go to a grocery store and buy a piece of steak, for example, but rather they just go to them and because it, not that it comes with a video, but that's what the impression that they basically made was, hey, we'll show you also how to cook it, but you have to mm. go to, you know, either our website or a YouTube channel or whatever. And so that kind of brought, you know, a, a line out the door, basically. And it was a lot more wow. turnkey because they were just like, all right, you already paid for this online. Here's your food. When you go home, here's the, you know, link to the videos, basically. And that, that that's really so worked cool. for them. So I love what people are doing. It's it's really creative, and and I think it's uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I saw in a documentary on uh, the 1920s. Yeah. That um, this is kind of interesting, like a creative way of getting around like a loophole, like or, uh -huh. or, or, or sorry, leveraging a loophole. Um, so it was during prohibition in the states, and they obviously couldn't legitimately sell alcohol anymore. Right. But there's a loophole in the in the law that means uh, there are two loopholes. One, you could uh, you could you like drink up existing supplies. People would have like big parties and stuff. Um, there were other things like they they had trouble like charging people for speakies, like start. Um, like you can't necessarily charge a speakeasy for breaking mm -hmm. the law because you can't necessarily prove well maybe they just brought this stuff on their own so uh and there was another thing um another really cool thing people did was oh i think it's cool is you were allowed to sell grapes still right so they would sell like boxes they would the wineries would sell or the, the wine companies would sell uh, like boxes of mashed mashed up grapes with instructions oh. about how to turn it into wine. Like you just oh. put it in a jar and leave it in the, you know, the cellar for God knows how long. And right, right, right. It turns into wine. And there, there was a loophole in the, wall, in the law that that was, that was totally legal. Maybe they changed it. I don't know. But this whole company, like, just, they stayed alive. You know, That's amazing. Because, because they, they were able to, to leverage something that was basically supposed to put them out of business. That's crazy. Yeah, it, people get really creative and, you know, mm. you got to do what you got to do at some point. I mean, if that's like yeah. your, your business is your livelihood at some point, especially yeah. if, you're, if you have employees and different things and, you know, so many people got furloughed, so many people, all these things happen. Yeah. And it's like... You know, I'm 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 very scared when it comes to the point of like this whole flu season. Everything starts, 
you know, shit hits the fan type of thing and, you mm-hmm. know, see what happens. And I, I don't know, did the U.S. already stop like the second, second stimulus check uh, for people here? I mean, they were giving away oh. like extra like 600 bucks every couple of weeks to people and they stopped that. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't understand how people can survive off of one stimulus check. Like, what are people doing? And you walk around and you just see a bunch of houses for sale. And it's just, a, you know, sad. it's crazy. It's very sad. It's very, very Especially sad. Especially when all these people have medical bills now that they, mm-hmm. they made, didn't have and now they don't have yep. a way to pay for it. It's really yeah. disturbing. But yeah, I, I remember seeing that on Fiverr. Um, just they got inundated with people making gigs. Like a lot of people became sellers because they just, they needed to make money. And so that, you know, it kind of works against people like me because the the market's very crowded, but right. You know, I can see why people would do that. You know, people don't necessarily, it's, 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 it's weird to me that like people knew about this stuff before, but they only pursued it when like they basically had no other choice. Right. So I don't know if that's just because their bandwidth wasn't sustainable or maybe they just, people get cocky, like, oh, I have a paycheck coming from my boss. Right. You know, I don't, I don't need to do this extra work, whatever, but yeah, you know, even, I think this has taught us that, that even, even people who have secure jobs, you need to have not only something else, but something scalable and something right. that you can kind of put on autopilot so that yeah. you can be safe and have a, have a good life and not have to be stuck, you know, sending calendars to people. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. And and yeah, for, for, for me, I mean, we hit a point, uh, you know, where we were just like, uh, what the hell's going on? Um, you know, like, are we going to get any, we, we went a few weeks without having any leads. We went, uh, you know, oh, wow. it, it was, it was one of those things where you just didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, where the next paycheck is going to come from. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was pretty, pretty bad from that perspective. And you can only do so much because at the end of the day, I mean, you don't want to let anyone go. You don't want to, you know, do any of those things, but at some point reality kicks in. And luckily we were in a position where we didn't need to let anybody um, let anybody go. We actually were hiring people like developers and different things because I actually found it to be one of those things where I'm like, oh, this might be a good market to, you know, the people that are getting furloughed or the companies that are not going fully remote yet or something like that to actually just go out and grab these people and say, hey, listen, we have work for you type of thing. So, you know, you just got to sometimes nice. turn turn things into an opportunity rather than just look at it as like a negative. And I think that's sometimes yeah. what differentiates different different people when they're running businesses. Some people sit there like, oh, everything's going to shit and just, you know, mope around. And then there's other people who are like, wait, hold on. I think this is a good opportunity to do this. Even if I have to sacrifice a little bit more, maybe I have to, you know, go into a little bit of debt, but then things will really turn around. And I think the people that the businesses that make it through this, you know, kind of wind tunnel will come out on the other end. Uh, I, I think a little bit stronger from that perspective. Yeah, I agree. And even, even just for myself and my own business, like, I, I think it's really going to help me to focus on sustainability things especially uh you know for health reasons like because i don't know what if my neck goes out and i can't hustle right right i don't want that to determine whether or not i have work like right because like i can physically do the work like that's not the issue it's just 
you know, it's a lot of work to get the ball rolling. And so yeah. if you can automate that however ways that you can, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what tools do you primarily use on your end to like automate a lot of the stuff that you're working on so you don't have to spend so... And I mean, it's okay if you don't want to talk about this, but may I ask like what's going on with your neck? Is it like something... Yeah, no, cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's a number of things. I do have some arthritis and some fused discs. Okay. The defect, I don't know why it's like that. Um, but I have, uh, um, it's called a... It's called a ventriculoperitoneal shunt. So it's a plastic tube that goes from my brain, comes out of my, uh, goes to my head here, and then it goes here. You can see it actually, maybe. No, you can't. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a muscle, but it's actually plastic. This here is plastic. Oh, sure. Um, so I've had this for since I was 10 days old. And what happens is, you know, when you have plastic in your body, it starts affecting muscles and you get scar tissue and... Mm-hmm. So I don't know some people might notice that my head's kind of tilted a lot of times. I don't know what that is. If it's like the muscle shortening from the scar tissue or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just, it's a risky operation to replace a shunt. So they don't like doing it unless it's absolutely medically necessary. So yeah, wow. there's, there's really no research around this. There's no doctors who understand it. So that's pretty much it. Like no one wants to treat it because it's, wow. it goes to my brain. Like it's risky. Yeah, very risky. So, Nobody wants to go into that area. But, you yeah, know unless it's absolutely medically necessary. No one's going near there. So I'm totally right. fine. But just the, the, the main problem is that um, my head just starts going this way. It's like uh, a rope kind of pulling like this. Oh, so I see. To hold my head up. Like uh, I'm holding all these muscles very taut. And so you can only do that for so long. And even when I'm using my hands, it's even shorter. So. Right, right, right. And how long, how many hours a day do you usually spend on your computer in that case? Um, some days not at all. Like, okay. I mean, it's really bad to use your phone. They're, like, it's really not good for you. But sometimes that's all I can do. Like, I, right. I have to hold, like, support my head on something and do this. Because that's literally uh, just how I need to work. So sometimes it's, I can't work at the computer at all. Sometimes it's, like, a couple of hours. Sometimes it's, today's been better. Yeah. I've been on for about three hours taking breaks. Right, 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 but, right. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing when, when, you know, especially with a pandemic, you know, because things can be precarious for anyone for any mm-hmm. reason. So just like with my neck, like what if, there's, what if there's a pandemic and you can't work next week? Like you physically cannot work or you can't get to your office because of X or whatever. And you like just physically cannot do it. And cannot make that money like what do you do you need to have something in place to sustain you until you can ride that wave so right 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 yeah right. it's really interesting like the the things you learn about adapting to health problems there's there's a lot of similarities between that and adapting to like just business and making business work and yeah yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. That's that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, I w- since you've had it for such a long time, I would say, you know, hopefully things get better. But it sounds like a very unique case where, you know, you kind of have to just figure, you know, you figured out your flow and what you can and can't do. So, you know, I, I yeah. wish you you know the best with that but that's oh like, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tricky when it's tricky when, you know, there's no there's no uh, like it's not like a doctor could look it up on the internet and there's an explanation and then there's like a 
like a, a like a plan for how to treat it. It's like no one knows, and it's like not many people have shunts. So you go to physio, right. and they've, the physiotherapist has never treated someone with a shunt before, so they don't know anything about like how it affects surrounding tissues. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's it's interesting when you're. Um, that's another parallel I've noticed in business is it's just when you are dependent on people who don't know what they're doing. Like, how do you make it so that you can get what you need out of that person? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes that's in business, just like with your health. It's like sometimes it's doing the research yourself and then bringing it to them and like suggesting a solution. And then from there, they kind of, you know, go with whatever it is that you suggested or, or if you find a study bringing that to them. And it's the same in business. It's like, sometimes you're dealing with people who've, it's uncharted territory for them and you need to kind of just offer an idea and then then go with it together instead of just expecting they'll take the initiative and do it because that never happens in business yeah, or with your health. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, uh, I've learned over the past, uh, I would say, I had a kind of a changing moment about seven, eight years ago. I went completely like plant-based and vegan and all that stuff. And it's like, sometimes I go back and think about the days that I was just like putting a bunch of crap in my body. And then you come to realize like, how did my body actually, you know, function <laughs> how, yeah. with, without giving it the proper nutrition? I said it's 2020, eh? <laughs> It's crazy. So I, I take uh, health very, very seriously. And hence, like what we were talking about, like dogs and different things. I mean, I could be behind my computer, you know, for By the way, hours. sorry to interrupt. Where is your dog? He's right here. He's... Uh, oh, he changed. Okay. Yeah, he changed. I didn't even notice him move. He, was, he snuck behind your microphone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So he changes from one side to the other. But, you know, just even that, you know, I could be behind my computer for... 20 hours a day, for example, and be jamming away at work, but then I look behind me or whatever, and I'm like, oh, he needs to go take a walk or he'll come nudge me and like, hey, it's time to feed me or it's time to do this or, you know, so it's it's a whole nother kind of aspect of life where you, you know, have to take other things into consideration as well. Yeah, dogs are great for breaking up your day and just, yeah, you know, yeah. especially if you're dealing with something unpleasant, it's like, well, now I have to walk my dog, so I have to leave my computer, and we're going to go have fun in a park, so goodbye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I'm going to have exactly. tea and cake, and then I'll come back. <laughs> then I'll deal with you. <laughs> the best, the best piece is just tea and cake. I love it. I yes. Love it. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's awesome. on my Instagram profile, actually, something about... Oh, I will do a jig for tea and cake. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but no, that's that's really awesome. Is there uh, is there anything else that you wanted to um, kind of chat about or or um, give people insight or any new value or anything that you've learned that you know you can pass on to other people that might be listening to this? Yeah. So um, one thing I've learned from the pandemic is. Um, a lot of people don't plan for, we've, we've kind of talked about this, but a lot of people don't think about being sustainable. You know, I, I find even, even some big businesses, they're just not thinking long-term. You know, I just find a lot of people are very, very short-sighted. They plan their whole model around things staying as they are. Right. And they, they don't have they're not thinking like, what if this happens? You know, what do we do if this happens? Or what do we do if that happens? Or 
how do we make sure that we can ride that particular wave if it does happen? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just please start thinking about this. I mean, it's probably, I'm sure people are already thinking about that because <laughs> of the pandemic, but you'd be surprised. Yeah. Well, that's why, I, that's why I bring it up. It's like, it just, I just feel like people would, would not be hurting as much, you know, if they had something to fall back on. I think we all have something we can contribute. Even me, like I can barely work at the computer, but you know, I, I, I can use my computer without my hands and I can do all these things while I'm, you know, do folding laundry. I could right. write something, you know, I could dictate something. So I just feel like we all have, have more bandwidth for creating something sustainable than we think we do. Right. Just right. find what that is and, and build it and be safe. Yeah. And what, and what, what is the thing that you're building that's sustainable? Is there anything that you're working on for yourself or for your business? Um, I haven't quite figured out what that, that is yet because I'm still building and I don't really necessarily know what people are going to be most receptive to. Right. And also if people are receptive. It's, or aren't receptive. That might just be because, you know, I'm not on enough people's radars. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not really at a point where I can project that. But what I hope would be sustainable is um, the coaching. Because every client I've ever had, every inquiry I've ever had on any, in any capacity, right? they've always required a great deal of education in order mm-hmm. to work with me. And I realized like, why am I doing this for free just so I can onboard someone who's only going to be with me for one project? Right. Right. So exactly. I think coaching, I'd love for that to be sustainable. Just, just, just grow with someone and not have to hustle for clients and, and just be that person for someone, you know, while they build their business, help them make it, 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 um, just help with their targeting. So right. That it, so that yeah. they can be sustainable too. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. No, that's that's really awesome. Well, I think that's a that's a good uh, way to kind of uh, wrap this up. I think that people will find um, a, a lot of good value here in terms of what you're doing, and you know, kind of what we talked about, even like the retainer stuff. I think that's a big topic of conversation. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people out there uh, running one-off businesses or selling one-off products or something mm. like that. I think within the business world, it's like you know, uh, or like e-commerce, for example, it's, you know, how do we do a subscription-based business where we know how much yeah. revenue coming in? Gumroad has that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. they can have memberships and subscriptions. So I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to harness that. Exactly. And that's, that's the other thing is like, how do you, how do you make it a long term? How do you take something short term and turn it into a long term thing? Yeah. 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 I think that's the theme of our talk today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I think it is. I think that's a really, really good uh, kind of title for the podcast. It's like turning a short term thing into a long term thing. That's yeah. that's literally what it what it should be. So, um, but yeah, I think that's that's really awesome. Um, and actually, let everybody kind of know where you know they can reach out to you or find you. Are you a Twitter person? Do you prefer people reaching out to you LinkedIn if they have any questions? Do you prefer maybe sending them, you know, to your Fiverr profile? I don't know, wherever you think is best, or maybe your website that's coming out. Um, just give them a little bit of that info, and I'll also post that into the show notes as well on, cool. you know, all, on all the different platforms. So feel free to kind of take the take the floor and let people know. 
Cool. And what so, they reach out to you for exactly as well? Oh yeah, I guess that's a for. <laughs> 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 um, so the best way to get in touch with me is either on Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, I love when people message me or um, message me or whatever. Um, people can also email me on my website. Um, not at the moment, but there will be a, f I'm redoing my website. So there will be a form for people to, to reach out to me if they, um, if they want to uh, find a way to make um, their social media more efficient, but also, you know, aim towards a higher return. I, I'd love to hear from you if you'd like to, um, like to do something in that, in that kind of world. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, Perfect. right. The handles where <laughs> my Twitter right. handle is uh, uh, at cartoon in person. And at LinkedIn, it's just my name, Ashley Ashby, uh, A-S-H-L-E-Y. And my last name is A-S-H-B-E. It's really hard giving that over the phone. So yeah, you have to spell out every, every letter. So, yeah. So well, you people have to think spell. I, yeah, people think I'm repeating my, my last name when I do that. Oh they yeah, say, yeah, yeah. I get I get to the ASH and they said, Oh, well, you already have your first name. <laughs> I'm giving you my last name, but okay. Oh, really, I love it. Yeah. I'll yeah. I'll make sure to I'll make sure to uh point it out in the in the show notes as well and it'll be in the in the title and all that good stuff. But thanks again, thanks. Ashley, for for being open to doing this. I think this is awesome. Um I think it's awesome what you're doing and what you're getting into. And I uh will definitely keep in touch, but I also wish you the absolute best with your business and everything that you're doing. And uh, you know, if you ever need anything, and I'm sure we'll connect off off air in terms yeah. of like the retainer stuff and things that I can potentially just give you some insight on. And I how love that. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's a piece of knowledge that I think everybody should um, you know should have because I think scaling your business and and growing is uh, is what I'm really most proud of for for myself and for the people that I see around me. So I would love to help awesome. in any way I can. Well, thanks so much. That's awesome. And this has been really fun chatting with you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll talk again soon. And thanks again for being on the episode. And uh, yeah. Thanks, Blackco. Have a good day, everyone. All right. I don't know why okay. I waved. <laughs> people, I'm sure people will wave back to you. Don't worry. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> Bye.